Hello everyone and welcome back. This week's episode is going to be a little different only because I, this weekend is Mother's Day and unfortunately that means that this is the 10th year that I have not had my mom and that's weird to really think about just because it doesn't feel like it's been that long. Kind of makes me feel old but I think it's I don't know, necessary to talk about her. I don't really think I talk about her as much as I should. Um, and I, I don't know that there's like a should or, you know, there's no a lot of time frame, but there's a lot of parts of myself that are rooted in, you know, things I started with my mom, music in particular, that I gave up very quickly after she passed just because it wasn't, uh, it didn't like sit on my heart the same way that it did at the time, if that makes any sense. I think the last show I did was called Miss Shapen. It was in Long Beach at the Long Beach Playhouse, which was actually really cool. Uh, one of my really great friends who I'm hoping to eventually get on this podcast wrote this show about, you know, body image and how there's beauty in being misshapen, essentially. And at the time I was 21. I think I'd like just turned 21 the fall before. Um, cause we did everything in February if I remember correctly. And it was a really fun experience. It was kind of stressful because, you know, politics and things like that. Um, she didn't end up really getting to be a part of it completely. And I don't really remember why now looking back at it, but I hadn't done a show since I was like 17. So it had been a few years that like I'd been on a stage in that form. And I, she wrote this really cool monologue for me. And it was about basically standing up for yourself. And it's funny that this is kind of coming, you know, back at this exact moment because I was in such a different place at the time. I was feeling so good. I was feeling healed, confident. There was just like a light flip switched when I hit 20 and everything changed about my mindset about so many things. Like I grew up super, super self-conscious. I'm sure everybody did at some point, but I truly felt like I was not pretty at all. I wasn't desired. I didn't have a boyfriend. Um, That could have been because my mom was my teacher and maybe they didn't want to date me because of her. I don't know. Um, But like nobody asked me out, nothing. And then I got to college and everyone says college is where it all changes. It wasn't changing. Let me tell you. But also my priorities were very different at the time because my mom was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer when I was 18. So I spent a lot of time with her um, and I, I don't regret that at all. I don't, I, like I said, I think in the last episode, I didn't even start dating till I was 25, but I did this show and I had this just, she wrote this amazing monologue for me uh, where I essentially was sitting in the audience most of the show and I got up and I, you know, told them to like stop <laughs> talking poorly about themselves and explaining how important it is to love yourself and all of, you know, all of the pieces that you are because you wouldn't be you without them. And it was the last show my mom saw. My whole family was there and we had to say one line at the end of the show. And I don't know if anybody could actually sing, but I, I, I sing. I don't know if you knew that. I do sing. And so we did this like, you know, I wouldn't say hippie. I don't know, like avant-garde if you will, um, like singing thing. And everybody was saying like a sentence that meant something, you know, to them. And I remember seeing my mom in the audience 
And I, that day, had chosen to say never give up. And you had to, like, keep repeating it, right, differently. And then, like, music started, yada, yada. And I just remember looking at my mom and she just was sobbing. And I think if I knew then that she wouldn't be here, I think that was in February, February or March. Um, And she died in June of that year. Yeah, so three months from that time. And I don't know. It makes me really, ugh. I don't want to cry. Um, it's just really strange to think that, like, that was the last performance she saw. And obviously, you know, I'm sure she's here in spirit for all of the things that I've done since. But um, I chose that specifically because I knew at the time, like, it was so hard. She'd been battling for a really long time. And, you know, like, it's hard enough to be a caregiver. And I can't even imagine being the person that's, you know, going through the cancer piece. It's a very isolating experience because people don't talk about it. And there aren't enough support groups out there. I think they're doing a lot better now. Um, Like if my mom got cancer today, she probably would have made it just because of all the advancements that they've had. And I work for a foundation. My family, we started a foundation in her honor to give money back so that, you know, my friends and other people, you know, don't have to deal with this side of life because it really sucks. Um, And I don't... I'm not like sharing this because I want people to feel bad or, you know, it's not woe is me. It's just losing her was a very devastating experience as, you know, normal people think it is. But I lost her in the beginning of, you know, my 20s and I had done so much work on myself to try and like build up that confidence. And, you know, I have lived my life for other people my whole, like my whole life. Anything I was told to do, I did. It didn't matter if I wanted to or not most of the time, but I really threw everything I had into her, into being there for her. And and again, I don't regret a thing. We had a lot of really amazing conversations and a lot of great times together Um, during those three years. Like I can look back and, you know, she she really made fun of what she was going through. Um, She did, you know, comedy stand up about it. It was actually really cool. But mental health is tough. And when you're dealing with something like that at a certain point, you know, what gives, right? I don't really know where I was going with this, but yeah, I just, I spent all of my 20s, my poor dad, having asked my poor dad some pretty weird questions. I have three siblings who are also really amazing and have really, I think, you know, I was very young, so it's a little different for them. I think I, I think now I can step into more of like a mom support role being the age that I am and having more life experience, but they really all three like stepped in and showed up because it was just like everything. I graduated a year after my mom passed away. And so that was like graduated college. That was a really big moment. And I think it was like kind of a foreshadowing of massive moments that I was never going to get her for. It made me really appreciate, you know, having my dad around and I ended up moving home. I want to say 2015, 2016. I think it was 2016 to, well, realistically, I moved home because I had two roommates that really effed me over. But there's no point in getting into that at this point. You know, it's, that's a long time ago, over six, what, seven years ago. Weird to think that that much time has passed, but it's weird when your best friends do something like that to you. But needless to say, I ended up moving home and I'm, I mean, I'm still here. Oh, oh, my dog's Florence. Hey, you're okay. She's having a nightmare. I'm recording this in my bedroom, trying to find better sound because the last one I felt like I was yelling as I was editing, but I couldn't fix it. So we're going to see how this works. But I moved home and I got to be here with my dad 
which again, 10 out of 10 recommend, especially if you have a good relationship. It just makes you, everything I went through made me value those relationships the most. I think when you go through something super traumatic, the way, you know, my family did, you either fall apart or you fall together. And I think we've had a bit of a rough patch. Again, I'm not like airing out all of my, <laughs> all, all of my life. And I believe that we're in a good place still. Family-wise, my siblings have quite the personalities. Each of them will be on an episode or I don't know if I'm going to do it all of us together because it's a lot of people talking. I guess what I'm trying to say is really hug the people that you love. Spend the time. Don't like wait because you really don't know when it'll be the last time. I think I've had time to really process all of, I wouldn't say like the drama, but <laughs> I mean, if you knew my mother, you knew she was drama, not in a bad way. She was a drama teacher. So she was pretty amazing. Looking back, you know, at the time I had a really tough acceptance of that journey with her just because of, you know, school. Uh, they moved me from all of my friends that I'd grown up with and moved me all the way out to a city. And I don't want to give away too much. I have, you know, I know where I come from and I'm really looking at it now. Again, I'm really proud of the tough decision my parents made, but she was my teacher and it was really difficult. I got to experience a whole different world that I wasn't prepared for, but you know, I guess that's kind of life. You're never really prepared. No matter how much you try to prepare, you're not going to be prepared. So stop trying to over-prepare. You can only control what you can control. And oddly enough, there isn't a lot of things in your control only how, you know, you choose to use your emotions, how you choose to respond. Again, your choice is your control. Oh, that's a good one. But that's all, all we have. You know, I had three years and in those three years, I never once thought that that was going to be it. I really truly believed at the time that she was going to be here forever. And I think, you know, that last, uh, when she relapsed, it was when everything kind of like started to look different for me. And I started to see things differently. And I was in school for pre-med at the time. So I was learning a lot about, you know, the human body and what we were going through and all of the above. So I think losing her when I did made me appreciate everything so much more. I also had to grow up a lot quicker than most of my friends. And so I was seen as a square. I was just talking about this at work today, how I was always seen as a square. So all my friends' parents loved me because I seemed like a square. And you know, I am a square deep down. I can have fun. I can be fun. But I really think that there's a misconception that being a square means you're not fun. I just, there are things that I don't want to do and I'm not going to do them to please others. And that's okay. It's taken me a lot of time to be okay with other people's perceptions of me because it's none of my business. And that is hard for the leader of the RPPG, uh, Recovering People Pleasers Group, but it's all out of my control losing my mom out of my control, how, you know, things happen to me, how relationships, I mean, well, I guess you have some control in that. But again, the only thing I can truly control is myself. I can't control the other person I'm with, my friends that I'm around. It's not my job to fix everyone. And I think I got a major savior complex after because I couldn't save my mom. So I tried to save a lot of my friends along this journey over the last 10 years. And last year was when I was like, I'm done. I don't really know what to do about this. I like I'm exhausted, severely burnt out, and I needed time to just heal. Um, and I know last week I talked in my in the episode about how COVID was a weird like blessing in disguise. Like I had time to like just be, just be present, just be here. Um, and that was a privilege that I had. Like I wasn't, you know, a first responder. I wasn't. I mean, I, I wouldn't say I was on the front lines. I did have to work. For some reason, I seemed 
like an important worker. I don't know, like one job made sense, the other one did not, but you know, it is what it is. That time is over and it was super traumatic for a lot of other people. So I don't want to take that away from anybody. But for me, um, I mean, I dealt with my own things. Mrs. Doubtfire, we'll get into her way down the road because I refuse to have her come up in this podcast any more than that one moment. Because at the end of the day, I needed to do a lot of healing and I tried to save everyone else but myself. And that has been the overarching theme for 30 and 31. Those, these last like two years of my life, I turned 32 in September. And I would like to say that like I'm old and I'm sad. I'm really not. Um, 30 has actually been pretty, pretty nice to me. It's been tough. I've had to do a lot of, lot of healing and a lot of growing, but it's better to do it now than to wait until you're so much older because it's really hard to like rewire how your thinking process is after 35. So any of you young people out there, if you're listening to my, my like five listeners, please take the time to invest in yourself. It's one of the most important decisions you're going to make. Um, I tell everybody at work, I'm so thankful that I waited until, you know, mid twenties to start dating because woo, can you imagine me trying to date in the middle of all that? What a mess that would have been. I mean, not that it's been clean or anything since, but you know, it is what it is. But I guess what I'm trying trying to say is I wanted to dedicate this episode to my mom. Um, she was pretty awesome. A raging driver. <laughs> a raging driver. If anybody ever wrote with my mom and you're listening to this, you will smile because you will understand what I'm talking about. It was what she was known for. My friends all find it hilarious. I was extremely embarrassed at the time, but I can tell you that there are moments when I'm driving and I catch myself and I was like, oh no, I'm just, I'm repeating the same behavior. Thankfully, not when a lot of people are in my car, but she was short, five foot two. She was always sweaty and I don't know how to like, she didn't smell. I don't know how to explain it. Because she um, had a hysterectomy when she was 30 or when she was 40, which is really young for a hysterectomy. She had it five years after I was born. She had me at 35. And I think, you know, everything that they did after that is uh, leading. Like, I think it just helped progress the cancer that was going to happen. Because she lived on a Marine base, Camp Lejeune. People have probably never heard of it. There's a major lawsuit going on about it. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it. Either way, that's neither here nor there. But um, she was always, like, wet. She always had a fan, you know, the ones that you have to like throw down, like, um, I don't know what they're called. Like you open them up and then you fan and they have like really pretty designs on either side. She always had one of those. And, but like I said, she never even wore deodorant. Like she really did not smell. And oddly enough, I miss the sweaty hugs. I miss her yelling in the car. There's a lot of things that I find myself sometimes like forgetting how she sounded. It's just really strange to be like on this side of it. Um, I have pictures and the like social media wasn't at all what it was. And again, maybe, I mean, I already told you how old I was. I'm older than Google, but social media wasn't what it was. Like I remember getting my first cell phone and like being able to take a video. There's no way I have access to any of that. And for some reason I can't figure out how to get into my MySpace to find pictures and videos and things that I have of my mom. But it's just like, I feel kind of robbed. Like why didn't, you know, why didn't they come out with this crap earlier so that I can have videos and things of my mom? But, but I guess, you know, she was just really something. She pushed you more than you wanted to be pushed. But again, always like knew that it was going to be a solid result. She went on every one of my choir tours with me. She missed one. It was the one time I got a big trophy and she never forgave herself for it. So everyone after that she went to, I remember singing at Carnegie Hall. My mom was there getting to go to Ellis Island with her, seeing numerous shows on Broadway with her. It was just a blast. And I know she's, you know, with me all the time. I get her name comes across 
at my job all the time even like especially when I'm really pissed off or I'm about to like blow a gasket she like her name will pop up and like a reminder to like you know it's it's okay I get a really spicy temper from both of my parents I mean I'm, I'm sure there are multiple things on here that I'll be talking with my siblings and my niece at one point about my mom and I kind of want to save these memories that I have because I feel like new ones pop up every now and then for me that I remember and or I'd forgotten along the way and I don't I mean she'll never she'll never be forgotten but like I said I think I'm afraid to forget you know the little things the little details and I watched my mom my whole life growing up every birthday of her mom I never met her mom she died when she was 52 I think and my mom was 23 so she lost both of her parents young as well and she just was always so devastated and June is coming up it's next month June 9th is the 10 year anniversary and I'm going to go and be creative because I feel like that is something she would have wanted me to do again for a lot of my youth I did a lot of things still for her because I didn't really understand how to choose myself or live for myself any of those things and I think in this journey of really understanding who I am going to therapy taking time to actually just be and figure out what I want I feel like she's been with me the whole way and I don't want to pass on my traumas my you know issues to my future children I haven't been blessed with yet but they will come down the line we'll see um and I don't want to have to carry the weight of that trauma so that it burdens my children as you know they get older you know people only can do the best with what they have and therapy wasn't a thing wasn't really popular I think my mom went to therapy like toward the end of her life because I begged her to Um, but I really think you know if she'd had that support from the get-go it would have I don't know that it would have changed you know her being able to be here longer or any of those things but I just really think that population of people that are going through cancer because it is such a unique group and if you've never been through it you don't fully understand and I mean I've never had cancer and I pray to God I don't and being a caregiver you know there's not really support groups for caregivers either and and that's a really tough job to like I wouldn't even say job but like a role to be in and it's it really just how do you support those people truthfully and when I first got into what I have my master's degree in I really wanted to work with cancer patients and my teacher thought I was crazy um and I thought you know using what I know and working with that population like what kind of difference can it make for their quality of life because I I can't you know there's nothing they can do about the medical procedures they're getting the amount of chemo the amount of radiation um how they're going to react because every body is different but what you can control is mindset and how we can look at everything and some days are going to be really hard and it's not going to work and it's not going to be good and other days it can be beautiful so i guess it's just kind of like how can we and by we i mean me i don't know if anybody wants to join make a difference for that group of people and i haven't been ready to venture back into that because When you work with a population whose mortality rate is pretty high, um, it is a very tough place to be in and emotionally, physically, you know, mentally, just a lot, not only for them, you know, but on the other end, like having to kind of reopen this wound that I don't know that I'm fully ready to. I don't know. I just feel like I had to find purpose in why my mom was taken from me when she was. 
like life happens and things are really horrible and I could have let it turn me into a completely different person um, but I knew to survive it I had to find purpose in why it happened. I guess I'll end this with some fun facts about my mom. She was a pig collector. Very strange I know. We had a pet pig named Lucy. She loved her. The guy lied. She was supposed to be a little teacup pig and she was a pot belly pig. She was huge but um, my mom loved pigs so I got her pigs on any trip I went on. She loved musicals. I know like Barbara Streisand 10 out of 10 obsessed. Bette Midler obsessed. Gene Kelly obsessed. Her favorite movie was Singing in the Rain and every time I hear Singing in the Rain anywhere I usually get teary-eyed without fail. Um, anytime I watch Steel Magnolias it reminds me of my mom because she played Clary. Clary? Yeah Clary at the Grove in Upland with her you know friends. This woman named Marie Cheatham I think is what her name was. She's in The Wedding Singer but they just had perfect timing and my mom loved oh, my mom loved being on the stage like she just lit up and lit up a room it was you know like a spectacle you had to be there I um, mean that's tough to know that my kids won't get to know her that way the person I marry unless I already know them will never get to know her and you know like that's that's a tough thing to kind of grasp and it's been a tough thing to grasp the whole time but I try not to again I have I have no control over that there's a bigger plan somewhere. I don't know what it is. I feel like I'm I'm over being a strong soldier at this moment. She also was extremely hilarious. I'm gonna have to find there's gotta be video footage of her stand-up. She had like a she did a stand-up in Ontario of you know, she was a teacher as well. So she taught English and theater. And she always would talk about like the random names she'd get, that like the spelling. And it makes me feel uh, I feel like she would have really found Key and Peel really funny. You know, D-Nice, A-A-Ron, those things. Um, I think she would have really gotten, a, like, she would have laughed out of that just because it was so random. Um, she loved Hawaii. My mom was born in Hawaii on Kaneohe Bay because she was a, a marine child. And so she told everybody she was Hawaiian, which isn't completely untrue. She was born there. So I guess that's kind of true. But she owned that and said that is where she was from. Uh, she had this beautiful diamond ring my dad got her randomly on like a Valentine's Day weekend from JCPenney. Like stunning. Like three carat stunning. And it was her pride and joy. She used to show her hand in everything. She would make sure it was always sparkled and dazzled. She was, I wouldn't say a big jewelry person, but she was very like simplistic. So that was a really big jewelry accessory for her to wear but she always had some jewelry on. Um, I wear her wedding band on my left thumb. I took it for my my gradu graduation when I got my master's degree and I never gave it back. And my dad hasn't asked, so I guess it's mine. Um, she was extremely creative, an amazing singer, amazing. Again, there's gotta be, I'm gonna have to do some serious digging in this house for, you know, videos or something of her. She could paint. My mom could build a set like no other. Like she just, was so well versed. I mean she had a master's degree in theater but she just knew so much and had so much passion about what she did and I have so many friends that have you know reached out to me you know throughout the years and have said how much my mom like saved them and that really means a lot because that was all she wanted was to make a difference you know she wanted me to be famous but who knows maybe that that can still happen you know Shania Twain didn't really get famous until mid-30s Shonda Rhimes same thing I'm only 31 I got time but yeah, I guess at the end of the day, just make sure you're putting in the work on yourself 
and hold your loved ones close, whoever they may be, because you really don't know. You really don't know when the last time you see them will be. Control what you can control, you know, and live your best life. I say that all the time. This, t- like, for some reason, came out of nowhere. But I really think when you're speaking, you're manifesting things into your life. So I really try to talk in the present. I don't try to talk negatively. I'm really trying to, like, change my verbiage. But, yeah. So, I know this is probably a shorter episode. Um, I feel like if I talk anymore, I'm probably going to cry. And I don't want to do that. Because I got to celebrate all my sisters. I went very, very early. Drove all the way out to L.A. (laughs) Went to the flower market. And made bouquets for two of my siblings. The other one hates flowers. So I got her a bunch of healthy snacks. I get to go spend the evening with my nephew and my family and we're celebrating his birthday just a week late and you know you've got to hold your loved ones close they're your people and you got to hold them tight and with that i'm gonna end the episode i will see you all next week and i already have that one pre-recorded so you'll get to meet uh my bestie i'm excited hopefully he's okay with i don't know if he's okay with me saying his name or not yet but He's got some pretty amazing things coming for him. So I'm really excited for his growth and all of the above. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll see you all next week. Bye.